Bienvenidos a todos los pescadores que hay. Les invitamos a escuchar nuestro programa de pescar en Rod and Real Radio, en Canal 540 Radio Sion, con sus huéspedes John Hopalong Cassidy, Stan Vanderberg y Wendy Toshihara. Now it's time for Rod and Reel Radio with your hosts, Hopalong John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California. Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Reel Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Thank you, Mark Larson, and welcome everyone to Rod and Reel Radio. I am your underfished host, Hop Along, John Cassidy, and it is our pleasure to have you hang with us this evening. Stan and Wendy are off tonight, and I am traveling in the Pacific Northwest, but First of all, I stopped off in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho to visit with Billy Chapman from Angler's Inn. You all know Billy from Angler's Inn in Mexico and Angler's Inn in the Amazon. But have you heard anything about Billy Chapman in Coeur d'Alene? We're going to hear about it tonight. He's going to give you a little taste of what's happening. Plus, we're going to talk a little bit about the history of Angler's Inn, where it came from, and why those lakes down there at El Salto and Picachos are so productive. So we'll have Billy Chapman with us first out of the gate. After that, we traveled over to Tacoma, Washington, where we visited the national headquarters for Gamakatsu USA. We visited with uh, uh, sales assistants Joe Kiocho and uh, Jeff Roberts, and then also had a chance to talk with the national sales manager for Gamakatsu, John Berge. You can call Gamakatsu anytime you have a hook-related question. They're telling you to please feel free to do so. Jeff and Joe will be with us tonight. And then, as I said, John Berge, he's going to tell us a little bit about Gamakatsu and how it is that when you go to almost any tackle store or bait-and-tackle shop almost anywhere in the United States, you're going to find a package of Gamakatsu hooks. So we ask you to set back and relax we're going to let Ben do his thing with the editing, so we appreciate y'all tuning in this evening. So here we go with interviews from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and Tacoma, Washington. Take it away, Ben. Hey, welcome back to Ron Real Radio, and I'm up in the Pacific Northwest, as a lot of you know. Decided to stop by Coeur d'Alene, one of my best favorite people in the world, Billy Chapman, is here, and Billy, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Well, thank you for having me, John. It is always great to see you. And my gosh, I know that you are setting up your operation here in uh, 
Coeur d'Alene, uh, where you're going to have your offices, uh, and this is a beautiful place. Well, Ron, I wish I would have found it 20 years ago. <laughs> I, I did love Texas, but uh, Idaho here has so many fisheries, and it's just a diverse fishery where we have big bass, smallmouth, sturgeon, steelhead, king salmon. It just goes on and on and on, John. And we moved our corporate offices, Anglers and International's offices, to Quarter Lane for a reason. Well, we have the resorts in Mexico that we don't have to spend the whole winter here. Everybody's saying, Bill, you know how cold it gets up there? <laughs> yes, I do, John. But, you know, we can run down to Mexico. We could go to Brazil when it gets too cold. But it's just a great place to raise my son. And, and uh, within 45 minutes, I have 20 different lakes. And, you know, bass fishing has really taken, taken a grip up here. And, and uh, everybody's a trout fisherman. So the bass haven't had a lot of pressure up here. And uh, like these chain lakes in Quarter Lane, and there's there's dozens of lakes that have nine-pound smallmouth. So uh, I'm up here for various reasons. Lifestyle, great place to live, great place to raise my, my boy, and uh, we're really excited to be here, John. Well, I know you're crazy about fishing, and let's go back to some of those roots, and let's start back with... You know, how Angler's Inn really got established, not only in Mexico, but in the Amazon. And I guess you have to go back uh, to your dad and uh, tell us about some of the beginnings. Yeah, John, my dad was uh, pretty proud of my dad. In 1969, he's one of the, was the first American outfitter promoter that brought Americans to Mexico for duck hunting, dove hunting, and bass fishing. And uh, basically, he went to school up in, in the States at, at New Mexico State, and then he went into service. And uh, when he got out of the service, out of the Air Force, he invited all his college buddies and service buddies to come to Mexico. And back then, it was $99 a day, John. <laughs> Boat, motor, and guide. <laughs> and, and what lakes was he? What lake did he start on? He started on uh, Adago, Lake Adago, which is right outside of Alferte, and then they went to Dominguez. Then he—that's where I met Dad. I met Dad when I was uh, 13 years old, and met him on Dominguez, and took me out bass fishing. Caught 156 bass my first day, and I didn't even know what I was doing, you know, John. And, that's back when, you know, you had to promote big stringers of fish and it was, there was no catch and release, didn't exist. And uh, he got me hooked on bass fishing, John, and that's where it all started is uh, Bill Chapman Sr. Well, let's talk about uh, El Salto because whenever you talk about bass fishing in Mexico, El Salto is always on the top of the list. How did the bass get established there? Was your, your dad involved with that or were they already there when you came to El Salto? No, we actually stocked it, uh, John. Me and my father stocked El Salto in 1985 with 200,000 fry, fingerlings, that we flew in from Houston, Texas. Good customer of ours loaned us a King Air, and uh, <laughs> we loaded up a 172-quart ice chest. A lot of people ask that story, how did we stock them? Well, we basically bought the fingerlings out of Houston, Texas, and they're fry, and they'll quarantine those fish for 72 hours in a bag. They'll put air in the bag, put them in a King Air, or fly them down in a jet, land and get them straight to the lake. You take the bag out of, out of the 172-quart ice chest, put it in the lake. We got a case of beer. We drank a couple. Well, we drank more than one case. Yeah. 
let the temperature equal out, let the water temperature equal out, take a razor blade, slice the bag, and then you just be quiet for five years. And you let them grow. And what's amazing about black bass in Mexico is they literally average a pound and three quarters to two pounds a year. It's incredible the growth rate that you have. Every time we, the Chapman stocked the lake in Mexico, the fourth year you had eight pounders. The third year you had six pounders. The fifth year it was producing 10 pound bass in five years, John. Now, was there already a population of tilapia in the lakes at that time? And were tilapia being grown for commercial purposes or the, the tilapia, did they come in from somewhere else too? The government does all the stocking on the tilapia, John. So we came in with the bass, then we educate the locals what's coming which is tourism, bass fishing, and we invest with the local co-ops, which are the local people that had to literally move out of the valley that was flooded. So whoever moved out of the valley has first rights to be a tilapia fisherman. From there, the government will come in and plant the tilapia, seed the lake with tilapia. So we seed the lakes with the tilapia and the bass the same exact time. Now, you have another fish in there called a mahata. A mahata is a, a local native species of the rivers. They look very similar to tilapia, and they'll mix right in with the tilapia. So the government's doing the tilapia. We're doing the bass. Sit back, and in five years, you have a brand-new lake. that was, and, and nothing was clear, John. See, in Mexico, they don't clear anything. So it's literally a jungle. They'll flood a jungle, and the survival rate, just think about it, on a bass is, is like 90%, right? Because there's nothing to eat them either. Right. Right? So you're starting from scratch and flooding a jungle, and it just explodes. And the tilapia, they spawn a couple times a year, so you have a forage fish year-round. And what, what a lot of people don't understand about tilapia and why Mexico has nets, you have to take the tilapia out, John. A lot of Americans come... They come down to Mexico and see nets, and they get disappointed. Oh, there's nets and gill nets. But a tilapia, if you take your fingers and spread them wide, once that tilapia gets four to five inches wide, it has no more predators. This is what the key is. You have to take the tilapia out, or the tilapia will take over. All right, we're with uh, Billy Chapman Jr. We're talking a little bit about the... Uh, Evolution of the bass fishing down in uh, El Salto, and we'll be talking about Picacho in a little bit. You run probably one of the nicest lodges I've ever been when it comes to fishing there at El Salto, but that didn't pop up overnight. That had to be a real labor to get that to where it is today. Yeah, John, it's my, uh, I'm on my 30th season. Over, what, 31 seasons? 31 seasons there. Holy mackerel. Un unbelievable. Yeah. That lake could withstand 20,000 anglers. I've come through my doors. Uh, but it was 31 years of growing with the locals and the co-op and creating catch and release, which I, I started about 15 years ago in El Salto. I convinced the locals that if we didn't eat the bass, would, would they work with us? Because a lot of, in, in the old days, everybody wanted to fly down with ice chests and go home and have a fish fry and bring, you know, the limit was 48 fish and then it went to 24 fish a day. 
but we, we finally convinced the locals to have a catch and release lake. lake. For that reason, El Salto was held up for 30 years. To me, it's the best bass lake in North America, consistently putting out 8 to 13 pound fish on a weekly basis. And I can honestly say, in 30 years, I've never missed a day of fishing, John. Isn't that unheard of? I mean, I've never been blown off the lake because of weather. Yeah, we maybe have came in because it was raining for an hour, but we were right back out. Never missed a day of fishing. But the key is the, is the forage fish, the tilapia and the crawfish and the langostinas and how fertile these lakes are in the, in the year-round growing season. I, you know, I think someone was telling me that on El Salto that the bass can spawn actually maybe three times a season, if not more. Uh, I've, I believe they could go maybe three, but I know we have two major spawns, John. Main one is between, say, February 15th and March 15th, pretty much on all your West Coast lakes. That's every West Coast, every West Coast lake there is. But we know we have another spawn in August. And the main spawn for the tilapia is the summer months. So all the nets come out over the summer. Plus, you have a rising lake. Believe it or not, El Salto will rise 50 feet in 50 days. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot of yeah. rain, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. It's over, John, you know. And, and the bugs hatch, and it gets too muggy and hot, and you, got, you, know, and you can't put the nets out anyway because with the, the way, it rises, the way sure. it rises, you know. So it's, really, it's a nice cycle. The lake fills up every year. Like right now, it's at 99%. Some years it goes over the spillways, others it won't. So it's just, uh, it's been a great, a great run on El Salto, and she's still producing a lot of 10-pound fish. What uh, I found interesting when we were talking before doing this interview is where some of the guides from, I mean, some of the guides come from faraway places in Mexico just to be a guide on El Salto because, you know, they're fishermen and they want to be in the number one location. And that's El Salto. Yeah, that, John, and I've been on so many different lakes, Camarero, Bacharach, Awamilpa. You know, and over the years, I have built a team of guides. So when I open up a new lake, I always have to bring my veteran guides with me to train the local commercial fisherman. He has a choice of either going the tourism way or the commercial way. So when I go in and build a lodge, I'll meet couple hundred people very quickly john right then i started weeding out which ones have personalities for waiters guides etc but i always have to bring my veterans in and put the the new guy who's never had a boat handled a boat before in his life or knows what a minkota trolling motor is right so they'll work together that's the same thing we just did on the new lake picasso's which is 50 minutes from mazalan's airport but i put my veterans with the locals for a full year. There was two guides in the boat. And that's the quickest way to get a guy up to speed. Now, also when someone comes down to visit you, you, ab- you absolutely run the most complete turnkey operation I've ever seen. I mean, there is absolutely nothing you have to need for or want from the time you get off the airplane that delivers you to the airport to the time you go back. You've supplied everything to them, and, and tell us a little bit on how that's evolved. Because, you know, we're seeing now tackle kits that you're providing, uh, tackle that you're providing, uh, special needs for people. I mean, 
it it's one of the most turnkey operations I think I've ever been at. Well, thank you, John. I appreciate that. But, you know, the key is, I think, is in who you hire and how you find good people, hardworking people. And I they're, they're out there. And I, my eye is always open, John, because I always have another destination to open. Uh, I love opening up lodges and opening up new fisheries. And you can find the people. The key is finding, I think, finding them young so they're willing to learn a level of service that Anglers Inn is known for. We call it the Anglers Inn way, and, the, and I, I believe there's good people all over the world. And it's just a matter of finding them young and giving them an opportunity and finance them when things are bad and help them get through bad times and they stay with you and they're not running up to California or Phoenix or Idaho looking for a job, right? Right. So that's what happens is a lot of, a lot of your good workers have already fled to the states. So you got to keep your staff year-round and not say, well, I'm sorry, but we're going to be closed for the next three months, John, and just let those people go because if that was me, John, I would be up in California and San, San Diego and doing something. Yeah, know? but you're offering people good jobs for that part of the world too. Exactly, John, and, and my people take good care of my people. If you, know, if you supply a five-star service, people see it and... Five-star service is hard to find in today's world, in my opinion. Hey, we're speaking from Billy Chapman. We're speaking with Billy Chapman from Anglers Inn International. And uh, Billy, we've got to take a break right now. Uh, can you stick around for a little longer and we'll maybe talk about Picacho and, and the Amazon? There you go, John. Hey. You betcha. You're listening to Rod Real Radio on AM540. Stay tuned. There's still a lot more to come after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main at El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. 
H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has a new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, quantum fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619 466 8355. This segment of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to BalloonFisherKing.com for further information. It's a big deal. You know, I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. Hey, welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio, and we're with Billy Chapman, Jr. Billy, welcome back to the show, sir. Great to be back. You know, we uh, started talking uh, a little bit about the history of how you got established in, in Mexico and at Lake El Salto in the end there. But you have uh, taken that one step beyond and you've opened up a, a new lake just outside of Mazatlan, uh, Picachos. Tell us a little bit about that operation. Yeah, John, it's exciting. We got a brand new lake. They don't come around that often, John. No, so no. whenever. When they open up, we want to be there. It was stocked uh, about nine years ago. It's already producing 10-pound bass. It's not the trophy lake that El Salto is, but for numbers, John, it is off the chain. Uh, you know, all new lakes, John. You want to hit the new lakes when they're new and young. We got a lot of dumb bass out there, John. <laughs> they don't know what a gringo looks like yet. So, uh, I mean, it's nothing that to land a three or four, six-pound bass and have three or four behind it, you know. They're just real aggressive. And uh, so the bottom line is the lake is only 50 minutes away from Mazatlan. Uh, we've never had a lake in Mexico. This is my fifth lake in 40 years to open, uh, to only be 50-minute drive from an international airport. So you can literally land in Mazatlan, and in 50 minutes you're at the lodge, and in 55 you're in a boat. So that's pretty incredible to have a trophy lake that El Salto is and known for, and then have the number one number lake only about an hour and 40 minutes away. So you can literally combo both lakes and have the best of both worlds. 
But Bicachos right now, the, the true number of fish being caught is roughly anywhere from 150 to 190 fish per day per boat. That's two anglers. The record is 325 fish for a father and son. And we literally had to have two guides in the boat, John. <laughs> two, it takes two guides. If you do the math, you know, on a, on from sun up to sun down, you know, it takes another guy just taking those fish off. But majority of the fish are in the two to six pound range with an occasional seven, eight, up to 11 pounds. Uh, Believe it or not, last February, we had a group come down from California with their fly rods, and they caught the biggest fish of the season, which was 11.4 on a fly rod. So that's pretty exciting. It's sheer numbers. We have 10 beautiful cabins right on the water's edge. Uh, We have tracker boats, great staff. What I did is I split the staff at El Salto, so you got veterans taking care of you there, great waiters, great chefs, new boats. And uh, it's really nice to have the the two lakes side by side. I mean, what more could I ask for in life, huh? Well, you know, I was privileged to be a guest down there and fish that lake. And it is indeed incredible. It's been open now for almost, what, is it two years that you've had it opened up? We No, actually, we're going on our fourth season right now. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, fourth season. And uh, we're expecting a big year. We closed really strong last year. The prime time to fish be cashews. That's what everybody wants to know. We got it figured out having three full seasons behind us, John. Is uh, The bottom line is you want to fish it between November 1st and April 30th. That's the time that the bass are really on. We're away from the hurricane season, the tropical storms. And uh, come now come May, El Salto's on fire, but Picasso's, the, they pull it down. Because it's a new lake, they got to pull that lake down 30 to 40 feet. So we've learned not to book New Lake Picasso's May, June, and July for that reason. So that's the window. If anybody wants to catch a lot of fish and and get a lot of uh, experience on any kind of technique they want to fish, you can literally fish this lake with spinnerbaits. Whatever way you want to fish it, the fish are going to bite because, like I said, they don't know what a gringo looks like yet. <laughs> well, I know when the lake opened up, our good friend Dean Rojas came down there and fished it, and he he indicated that it was absolutely one of the most fantastic topwater experiences he had ever experienced when, you know, in his fishing. And he's fished in a lot of good places. Yeah, you betcha, John. Uh, Dean's a good friend of mine, and I said, Dean, come on down and let's test your frog out. And he said, you got it, Bill. So he came down with his son last November. Right. Opened up the lodge last November. And if people go to anglersin.tv, that's our YouTube channel, they can see the video that we shot of him and his son. They caught 183 bass on his frog. They never took it off. The entire day, John, they fished that frog. <laughs> And uh, they lost a few of those frogs, yeah. you know. There's a lot of brush, a lot of structure in this lake, a lot of fun. you got to rip them out, rip them out of the trees. But, yeah, Dean really set the record on the top water with a frog. And that well, was in November last year. Now, here's the thing. You offer a, a great experience at Lake El Salto, and you're building this experience at Lake Picacho, and You've got the lodge. I'm sure it's not quite the way you'd like to see it, but it's getting there. But then what you can now offer fishermen that 
if they want to experience both lakes, you've got a package available for them that they can do that. That's it, John. A lot of of customers are choosing the combo, which is two and a half days on Lake El Salto and two and a half days Lake Picasso's. Or you can just stay on one lake. It's totally your call. Uh, uh, We even work it where if one lake was slower than the other and you wanted to kind of spend more time on one lake or the other, we're flexible there as long as the boats are available and the space is available. So it's really nice to have the boats side by side. And like I said, if you're looking to bring down your wife, your kids, and you want to turn somebody on to bass fishing, Bicasho's is the lake. You know, and you mentioned the thing that's very important. You want to bring the wife or the kids. You are supplying a family-friendly environment so that you just don't need a bunch of guys to come on down. You can bring the family. Everyone can fish and catch fish. I've even seen you when, uh, you know, after a day's worth of fishing, you were going out there with your son and fishing too so it's it can really be a great family experience it really is john i have no fear of living in mexico and being down in mexico with my wife my six-year-old my 18 year old and uh if you if you know there's millions of people john that have timeshares if you have one take a look at mazatlan use your timeshare in mazatlan and we also have day trips so a guy could come into mazatlan and do the pool and do the whole family experience of the beach, but be up at Picasso's in 50 minutes so and have a full day of fishing. And uh, that's what we call a day trip. Uh, everything's included, breakfast, lunch, dinner, ground transportation, tackle, rods, reels, lunch, the whole experience. And we, the reason we do that, we know if we get you to that lake for one day, <laughs> you're coming back. My IT guy went down to Mazatlan, spent a day on El Salto. And it wasn't even a day. It was like three-quarters of a day because he had to commute back and forth. Fished out of Angler's Inn with uh, one of your guides. Not particularly a, a great fisherman, but he's a fisherman. He had 60 fish in one day, and he was happier than a pig with his feet in the trough yeah. at that experience. <laughs> you know, John, this is a lake that we don't have to say, oh, John, you should have been, been here yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> Just quickly, while we have some time left, Billy, also, you offer an experience second to none down in the Amazon. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, Brazil is uh, was where my heart is, John. I, I started going down there in my 20s. I built the first two peacock bass fishing lodges in the 80s. I've been doing working and fishing the Amazon for 40 years. And uh, we have three separate operations. There's three ways to fish the Amazon. One is mothership. Two is a fixed lodge. And number three is our all-new water train, which is a floating cabin that we hook up 11 cabins. We pull it with a mothership. It only drafts eight inches of water. Very, very unique, revolutionary concept of a floating lodge that can move with the fish and wake up on the fish. So, But that's your three options that you have with Anglers Inn is... You can go mothership, which has, has some advantages. The floating suites have advantages. The lodge has an advantage. So what we like to do is visit with our clients first. Who are you bringing? Have you been before? What size fish? Are you looking for trophies? Are you looking for numbers? Are you looking for various species all in one trip? So once we have those answers, then we'll focus in on what, what, which one of my lodges you should go to. And then, like your operations in Mexico, 
everything is turnkey from the moment you get off the plane there until the moment you get back on. Exactly. Like, for instance, the Amazons, we're real proud of the way we packaged it up and have it, John. Uh, if you've never been to Brazil or the Amazon rainforest, you might not know what to expect. We actually ship you a Amazon Tough Bag, which has 25 items from your gloves to your hat to your flex tape in case you were to get a blister, earplugs in case your buddy snores. You know, it's all been thought out. With 40 years of going to the Amazons, I know how to do it, John. And I want every client to go prepared. So you get your Amazon Tough Bag shipped to your home. All the rods are there. You only bring your reels, and we supply all the braid, all the tackle. It's completely turnkey. You, 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 the group will meet in Miami, from Miami to Manaus, the capital of the Amazon. It's where the two rivers, the Amazon River and the Rio Negro River, merge together. That's where we overnight you the first night and it's six days in the jungle six and a half days of fishing and it's a turnkey operation so all you have to do is show up in miami and it's a nine-day trip from home to home we suggest 10 days is the way to do it so i'm talking from the time you leave home to the time you return it's a 10-day trip we have a couple package uh like I said, we'd like to talk to each client first and figure out what lodge will fit their needs the best, but it will be five-star. And we will not bring you when the water conditions aren't right. If you're thinking about going to the Amazon, John, the whole thing is about water levels. And what's the, what's the optimum time to, to go on a trip like this, Bill? My favorite time is November 1st to March 15th. We're fishing the Rio Negro, where all the big fish live, where all the world records have come from, and believe it or not, no mosquitoes. So do not let the mosquito stop you from going to Brazil. Why? Because there's so much acid in the Rio Negro that mosquitoes cannot breed, John. Because they cannot breed, you don't have dengue, you don't have malaria, you don't have Zika. It's not there. So it's pretty amazing to be down in Brazil in the jungle and never see a mosquito. That I promise if you fish with anglers and do it the anglers in way. And these floating sweets that you talk about, I, I mean, I can't wrap my brain around that. What, what is that all about? Floating sweets are pretty unique, John. We're pretty excited about a whole new concept. Uh, what I did is like we custom designed floating cabins that sit on aluminum pontoons. And we literally hook them together like a train would hook together. And then we pull it with a shallow running boat. And we have everything from dining room to maintenance quarters to guide quarters to customers quarters, host quarters, fully powered by two separate power plants just in case, air conditioned, banana splits in the jungle, white wine, red wine. <laughs> it goes on and on and on. It is the most expensive trip in the Amazon. It doesn't cost that much more to do it first class, but make sure you book it with an outfitter that's going to be straight up with you because high water, forget it. You know, the bottom line is if the water comes up eight to 10 feet in three days, you need somebody to call you up and say, John, let's pull the plug. All right. Well, Billy, we just about come to the end of uh, this interview here, but 
You've given us so much to think about, and actually, maybe a lot of our listeners has, haven't grasped everything. Where can we go to get the information about Anglers in El Salto, Picacho, and then also Anglers in in the Amazon? John, the best number to reach us is 1-800-GOT-A-FISH. 1-800-GOT-A-FISH. G-O-T-A-FISH. And, uh, or go to anglersin.com. And I would encourage you to also look at anglersin.tv. The .tv, John, will show you our world, which is all the videos are there, testimonials, fishing shows. You can watch it for a couple hours and really get your head around it. All right, Billy Chapman Jr., Anglers in International. Thanks for spending some time with us. It's great to hear about this. I look forward to my next visit down there, and I think our listeners now are looking forward to going down there too because what an exceptional experience you uh, offer us as fishermen. Thank you, John. Appreciate you having me on. All right. Hey, this is Rod and Reel Radio on AM540 or at rodandreelradio.com. We've got to take a break right now, but stay tuned. There's still a lot more show to come. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a bit set back with just what company to go with? Rod and Reel Radio urges you to try American and family-owned Land's End Charters. Land's End Charters offer their clients affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with their brand name fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a family-run business with over 50 years of experience. Go to landsendcharters.com to see all the current vessels and amenities available and call Cabo Greg or Jenny directly at 800-281-5778 when you're ready to get fishing. Amber Marine has been servicing boats and outboard motors for more than 30 years in the Newport Harbor area. They're a factory-authorized dealer for Tohatsu and Nissan outboards and also provide factory-authorized repair and service for all types of marine outboards. Located near the corner of 17th and Placentia Avenue, Amber Marine is at 786 Newton Way in Costa Mesa. Affordable boating and repair since 1982. 949-646-6918 and on the web at ambermarine.net. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of western plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. 
Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Okay, welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio, everyone. Hey, as you well know, I'm uh, making a tour of the Pacific Northwest. And while here, I've got to stop off to say hello to some of my favorite people. And these are the folks here at Gamakatsu. We have sold Gamakatsu for a long time, and you know it's a premium hook here in the United States. And I want to stop by at the, uh, the U.S. distribution point for Gamakatsu, and that's here in Tacoma, Washington. And with me, I've got uh, Joe uh, Kiocho. He's sales representative. Jeff Roberts, he's also sales representative. And then the national sales manager for Gamakatsu, Mr. John Berge. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. John, thanks for having us. It's good having you. John, let me start off with you first. Uh, Go ahead. You know, everyone takes a look at uh, a bag of Gamakatsu, and they go, man, this is a great hook. But a lot of people don't really know where the hook came from. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of uh, Gamakatsu? You want the long version or the short version? Uh, let's, uh, you're not that big of an advertiser on the show, John. Let's get, you the, let's get the short version. The Reader's Digest version. <laughs> yeah. Basically, uh, Gamakatsu was the smallest hook manufacturer in Japan, and they started to begin producing hooks in 1955. They've always had a real commitment to quality and uh, Everything about the hook is is premium, and they've grown and grown and grown, and years later, they started to do a mass production. They bought uh, machines, very high-quality tempering processes, and the quality of the wire is second to none. It's like a, a Triple H carbon steel wire, and uh, the attention to quality is probably the best in the industry, in my opinion. The... Uh, the hooks, if you ever look on the back of a package of hooks, there is a Y number that is on the back of that package. And with that Y number, we can trace back the uh, actual day it was produced, what batch of wire it came from. Um, we can trace it all the way down to actually the person that packaged those hooks for distribution in the U.S. or across the world. You know, uh, there was a time when the Gamagatsu product was known as a designer hook compared to other manufacturers and that was because it was a hook that you that came sharpened already out of the pack and much rather than having to use a file uh, tell us a little bit about that sharpening process that really forced all the manufacturers to go in the same direction well it is a a needlepoint 
uh, hook. And so the machines that are used to produce that are a very uh, precision machine. And then even after the sharpening process, if you looked underneath a microscope, you would see little microscopic fibers. And then they are put into a chemical bath that removes as much of that uh, material as possible to make it as smooth and as sharp as it absolutely can, can be. You know, and and the Gamagatsu products now, you can get the uh, the same style and size hook, but you can get it in a bronze finish. You can get it in a nickel finish. You can get it in the, the black finish. Now, I noticed that's NS black. What is the NS for? I always thought it meant non-shine, but it's something else. <laughs> it's a nickel silver. It's an actual process that we use to color that hook. Uh, it isn't a paint or anything. It's an actual process that we use to make that a black hook. You know, you know, John, uh, you know, I'm down in the Southern California area, and I'm always uh, talk, thinking about bass and tuna and the saltwater hooks, but I've got to imagine that probably one of the, the biggest style hooks that you sell is maybe the octopus style. Uh, funny that you do say that. Octopus style, probably our number four Red octopus hook is probably like our two or three top seller every year. Our number one seller is a 58413. It's a three-odd EWG hook. That is by far our number one hook across the U.S. You know, the the thing I'm always amazed at is that there is not a fishing tackle store or even a little bait and tackle place uh, on uh, on the corner of... uh, Main and First Street that sells the live worms that you don't find the Gamakatsu product, the familiar uh, blue and white product. The thing that always amazes me, though, is who estimates how many hooks are going to be available for the U.S. market, especially when the, uh, this is a product that, that comes from Japan. Our manager, uh, we've, you know, of course, we, as any company, we've got a, a running history of sales. And hopefully every year we do have increases. And so we try to build that increase into uh, past sales. And the lead time is quite a lengthy uh, duration before we can get products. So we're actually usually working a year out on uh, projecting uses for the following year. And so basically, we do have a real good process of doing that. Our manager here at Gamakatsu USA does an excellent job of keeping us in inventory. Although there are hiccups sometimes, and, you know, it it does happen. But we ship on probably a 98% fill rate just about year-round, any time of the year, on all of our products. Well, uh, I know it's always amazing to see the products that are here, and I know... Every retailer cannot carry every item that Gamakatsu makes, but I've got to tell you, Gamakatsu has a a hook for most fishing applications, whether it's here or anywhere in the world. As as a matter of fact, uh, as I understand it, uh, the amount of hooks that are sold in the United States as opposed to Gamakatsu's overall business is not as big a percentage as people would think. It's, uh, we have a very good market share here in the U.S. However, Japan uh, market is much larger than ours. Yeah. And then you also go into Europe and literally all over the world. All over the world. Wow. So that's really great. Well, we're speaking with John Berge. And John, the guys, though, that you depend on in the trenches, I know you're out there selling the product, but the fellas that are also selling the product, but, but not only coming up with the 
the way that we can take a gamakatsu hook and, and apply it to a certain application are the guys that are uh, in front of me, uh, uh, Joe Kiocho and then also Jeff Roberts. And guys, let me say hello to you. Jeff, first, how you doing? How you doing? Good. All right. And Joe, I've known you for a long time. How are you doing? I'm doing great, John. Yeah. Joe, tell us, uh, uh, in your own words, a little bit about uh, what your function here is at, at Gamakatsu. Gosh, on a day-to-day basis, you know, why I go over all the emails that get sent to our, our, us and, and questions and promotions and the like. And, of course, you know, I handle a lot of the inside sales, um, not only for conventional hooks, but for the fly hooks across, our, across the country. You know, Joe, we were talking before we did the interview, we were looking at some hooks here on the table. Uh, uh, People can give you a call. And I know we were talking specifically about a lot of saltwater applications, especially with the bite that we've had for the last few years in Southern California on how to use particular hooks on, uh, let's say, on uh, knife jigs or on flat falls and stuff like that. And and you have replacement product for, for uh, those type of products uh, also. Oh, most definitely, yes. You know, I, I rely, of course, on our local representative sales reps that are down in your area. But then a lot of that comes from, you know, folks um, that I talk to. I, I actually traveled down to California, talked to the folks at the, at the Fred Hall Show down Long Beach. And, and that's one thing I get jazzed about is I get to talk to fishermen um, in regards to their locale and, and how they're fishing. So a lot of that actually is applied up here in the northwest especially um yo-yoing or using irons um, i use a uh, uh, lead head jig for salmon fishing up here in the pacific northwest all right and let me uh switch this on over now to jeff roberts uh jeff you're a, a sales associate too but i've got a feeling that uh, you really like freshwater and uh, for you bass is not a four-letter word not at all i mean bass has been a passion for me for many years i mean it's kind of the whole reason why i got into the industry to begin with was my passion for warm water fishing so uh, obviously gamakatsu is a perfect fit when you're talking about bass that's our that's our main customer here in the united states tell us a little bit about the uh the the path you took to uh getting here to gamakatsu uh your experience uh you know, before and then what got you here? Yeah, I mean, just I came out of college, didn't really know what I wanted to do with, you know, a career, but I knew I had a passion for, you know, fishing and for the industry. Started in retail, uh, got a job with uh, Pure Fishing as a territory manager in Oregon, and then eventually made my way over to All Sports as a buyer, which is actually where I met, you know, John Berge. He was there uh, yeah, with a renewed stint back there with, with all sports. And then when John came back here to Gamakatsu, it just kind of seemed like a, a good idea to get in touch with him and see about, you know, kind of being a part of the team up here. You know, uh, there's so many Gamakatsu hooks that we use for freshwater bass fishing, yeah. uh, drop shot hooks, the, uh, uh, the worm hooks, uh, the treble hooks or anything like that. Uh, uh, when talking with uh, fishermen, that will give you a call. Uh, uh, what seems to be one of the subjects that uh, you guys talk about the most when it comes to taking a gamakatsu product and applying it to a particular application? I mean, there's there's so many. I mean, as far as the freshwater side goes, as as bass fishing goes, um, it's become so technique specific, and so a lot of the questions we get and a lot of the uh, conversations we have are about actual technique specific type fishing whether it be drop shot fishing swim bait fishing and how those hooks actually apply and 
how guys can actually make you know a better day for themselves on the water using our hooks. With the uh, new uh, GFNS product now, you have a nano coating that goes on that. Has that really kind of revolutionized uh, uh, hooks in the industry with that coating and also, the finesse hooks, I've noticed, are mm-hmm. a lot thinner, yeah. but they're also stronger. Yeah, the nano coating actually goes hand-in-hand hand with the tournament-grade wire. That's a special wire that was only available in Japan for quite some time. But that wire, in, in combination with the nano coat, is basically created an entirely new category of hooks for us. The other part of that is that you know the G-Finesse series is kind of a pro-derived or design series, so... It's it's a it's a whole new process, a whole new you know introduction uh, introduction into the uh, you know warm water stuff that we're doing. But it's pro derived and pro design. That's kind of the main focus behind it. All right, and uh, going back over here to uh, Joe, talk a little bit about the saltwater products. I know um, uh, the ring hook has been uh, sort of like a revolutionary design. Gamagatsu got into that and. I, I know in the beginning, I think the demand for the Gamakatsu ring hook far exceeded the supply in the in the first couple of years. It was tough getting a hold of a Gamakatsu ring hook, especially in a two-aught or three-aught, but you've come along now, you're well supplied on us. Uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, the story of uh, Gamakatsu ring hooks. Well, that all um, came from, you know, the guys that are out there on the water um, day in and day out, and they're looking for a better, a better mousetrap. And if you couldn't tie a surgeon's loop or a loop knot, you weren't actually landing those fish. So the ring actually helps the angler um, fight that larger fish. Uh, a lot of it has to do with an extra pivot point. When you tie your your top shot to that or or any type of um, clip or anything to the ring, it gives it an extra pivot point to use to your advantage over let's say a giant bluefin or a, a yellowfin, you know, those things can pull like freight trains, you know, and a direct pull, direct pull from a line actually on the eye of the hook can actually be torn out to where the ring, the added ring gives it that, that extra movement or pivot point to where the fish can't use it to your advantage. So that's the advent of a ringed hook. Um, with that, because of the advent of the ring hook and its, and its advantage that it has, Yes, boy, it became an overnight sensation. You know, not only um, in on the West Coast where it probably derived from, but the guys on the East Coast check, you know, catching those giant bluefins out there too. Um, different style of fishing out there. You know, they do a lot of chunk bait fishing, where compared to the West Coast where they're using live bait again too. An advantageous part of the ring is when you do use a live bait, that ring makes that bait swim a lot freer. Um, when you're having, a, again, too, using a top shot that's anywhere from 50 pounds to 90, you know, you don't get very much movement out of a, a tiny little anchovy or a tiny little sardine. You know, that heavy, that heavy monofilament or heavy fluorocarbon makes that, makes that bait sink a little bit faster, and that fish is not swimming normal when you're actually using a ringed hook. All right. Hey, guys, we've got to take a break right now. Uh, anywhere I can get you to stay around, and let's do one more segment. Sure. Thing. All right. Almost we've definitely. got uh, Joe uh, uh, Kiocho, sales assistant. We've got Jeff Roberts, also sales assistant at Gamakatsu here in Tacoma, Washington. We're also with the national sales manager, John Berge. We're going to get back to talking to him, but we've got to take a break right now. 
You're listening to Rod and Real Radio on AM540 or at rodandrealradio.com. Stay tuned. There's still lots more show to come. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Rod and Real Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Hey, welcome back to Rod and Real Radio, everyone. We are here at Gamakatsu USA in Tacoma, Washington. And we are speaking with uh, Joe uh, Kiocho and Jeff Roberts. They are the sales representative from Gamakatsu right here at the National Distribution Point for Gamakatsu in the United States. And also with us is John Berging. And one of the uh, services that Gamakatsu offers is that you can actually call here to Tacoma and you can talk to the represent- sales representatives. You've got a particular question about a hook. Let's say you might have had a problem with a hook. You know, as John mentioned, all of these hooks have pedigrees. They can go back and take a look to see, 
if indeed there is a problem with that hook or that particular batch or whatever it is. So uh, uh, this is a resource that all of you fishermen out here should use. And when we finish up here with John Berge, we'll give you the contact information. But we're speaking here again with uh, Joe uh, Kiocho. Joe was uh, telling us about the advantage of the circle uh, of the ring hook. And now, Joe, I want to talk to you a little bit more about uh, the evolution of the circle hook, because Gamakatsu doesn't call them in a way circle hook. The first circle hooks from Gamakatsu were actually called Nautilus hooks. And now we do call a lot of the products circle, but you first came out with that Nautilus hook, or actually, I think, John, correct me if I'm not mistaken, the first circle hook we came out with was, it was called like the Texas Bend. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, Joe, you know, we do use a lot of circle hooks for freshwater fishing and everything like that. So, tell us a little bit about circle hooks in both saltwater and freshwater application. Why is it a, a good product to use as opposed to the uh, uh, the more common J-hook? Well, the advantages a circle hook has over a standard J-hook is that when a lot of folks that are out there, the mortality of catch and release, a lot of fish died when using a J-hook. So they actually took the hook a little bit too deep. And the fish, if you're a catch and release fisherman or fishing in catch and release waters where a slot limit was um, applied to where you had to let go of the smaller fish or let go of a larger fish, um, the advantage of using a circle hook helps that fish live a little bit longer. Um, so if you're using a bait, uh, it, it's more than likely that fish will probably die if you're using a J-hook. Where if you're using bait on a circle hook, now um, that is advantageous to hooking that fish in the corner of the mouth, um, which helps in the catch and release fisheries. And it's actually a little bit easier to get a fish a hook out of a fish's mouth when it's in the very corner of the mouth instead of down its throat. I was uh, on a fishing trip here uh, a couple of years ago. We were in a tuna bite on the chief out of San Diego, and I was using a the gamakatsu ringed. Nautilus hook. It was a two-odd hook. And uh, we got into uh, a, a bite with um, yellowfin tuna that went almost seven hours. And we were following a, a school of dolphin. And I started off using uh, the two-odd uh, ringed circle hook. And I got my first fish on. And the deckhands were going crazy because we were bringing in fish all over the place. But as soon as the deckhands saw that that hook was sticking in the corner of the fish's mouth, he'd just take his pliers, unbutton it, and send the hook back to me. And then it turned out that I caught the second fish and the third fish on the same hook. And again, instead of uh, cutting off the line and leaving the hook in the fish's mouth, they just take their pliers, unbutton that hook. And then all of a sudden, it turned out to be a little test. How many fish could we catch on the same hook? before we wound up losing it. And I've got to tell you that on that particular trip, on that day, I caught 10 yellowfin tuna. Now, they weren't huge tuna. They were in the 15 to 25-pound range, all using the single same Gamagatsu circle uh, nautilus hook. And because each fish was hooked in the corner of the mouth, I think a lot of people... I don't know, they just don't have confidence in that hook, thinking, how is that hook going to hook a fish in the corner of the mouth instead of sliding completely out and we missing the bite? Do you know the the mechanics and how that works, Joe? Yeah, exactly. 
Um, well, if you look at look at a circle hook, the point is actually 90 degrees to the shank. Where if you look at a J hook, it's actually straight up and down or parallel to the shank. Now we're using live baits or using chunk baits. The circle hook actually, essentially, when you're fishing for pelagic fish or even even say catfish, you know a lot of those fish will actually take that bait and turn or turn away from where it actually picked it off. So what a circle hook does, it rotates in the fish's mouth, rotates in the fish's mouth to where it'll hook it in the corner of its mouth because the fish is going away from you um, to where, say, a J-hook now, a fish is actually just basically taking that hook and it can go away from you, go away from you, and, and it's still swallowing that hook where a circle hook is actually essentially working its way around to the point to where it actually finally hooks itself. So technique is different when you're using a circle hook versus a J-hook. Um, a lot of times a J-hook is used when you're using a bait, you actually strike the fish. A circle hook, all you have to do is a circle hook, and this is good for actually new fishermen too, is all you have to do is just start winding. You get bit, you just start winding the reel, just winding the reel until you feel tension, and that's when you actually strike the fish. So uh, technique is different when you're using a circle hook versus a J-hook, but you have to let that circle hook rotate into the fish's mouth before you can actually strike the fish. So when it comes to the technique that the fishermen should use, again, why don't you go over that technique? Because it isn't just feeling the bite and setting the hook. There's a little bit more that you have to do. And then also, with the amount of spectra that's being used on the market right now, should that technique change a little bit? No, not necessarily. Um, the advantages of using spectras or braid lines actually enhances that um, because you can tell yourself, you know, 1001, 1002, 1003, and then start cranking because that sensitivity gets you know, telegraphed back to you and, and your rod. Um, again, too, before, way back when, using J-hooks, you had to just wait for that, that slam or that bump, and then you're just reacting to it. A circle hook, you don't have to do that anymore. And advantages of braid and sensitive rods, you can actually feel that, that, that fish pick that up. So all you have to do is just start winding. Thank you, Joe. I'm going to go back to Jeff Roberts over here. Uh, he's uh, sort of like our, our freshwater uh, expert. Uh, Jeff, Gamakatsu makes so many different type of plastic uh, worm hooks. They make uh, the offset straight shank. They make... Uh, the offset with the O'Shaughnessy, they make the extra wide gap. They still make the 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 straight shank. Uh, they make light wire straight shanks. They make the uh, G lock. Can you just quickly go over uh, applications where you might want to use the different styles of Gamakatsu freshwater hooks? A lot of it just comes down to technique. You know, a lot of it comes down to what you're actually going to be using. You know, bait wise and what how you're actually going to be fishing. You know, the EWG is perfect for so many different things. You can use it on a fluke. You can use it on a big worm. You can use it on a creature bait. Really kind of comes down to how you want to fish. A lot of the straight shank worms are being kind of come back into vogue the last few years, and especially like our flipping hook series, the heavy cover series. Uh, a lot of guys are going to that to, to flip, you know, big plastics. That's a relatively new hook, and for some of the people that don't know about it, yeah. tell us uh, one of the a couple of the main features of that heavy cover hook, and then you've also brought out that same style of hook, too, in a finesse hook. In the, in the G Finesse series, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it's basically just kind of a modified, you know, extra wide gap, but it has more of an O'Shaughnessy bend. It's kind of a hybrid looking hook if you actually look at it. You don't, you can't distinguish the bend per se. But the key feature with that hook is it's got a welded eye. And so a lot of guys, they're flipping, you know, heavy mats or punching. They want to be able to tie a snell knot. So that welded eye is really important in tying the snell knot, especially with braid. All right. And then it also has an extra feature on there for holding the plastic lure on the hook better. Yeah, and we're working a lot with Aaron Martins on that, at least on his version, kind of changing that keeper around to give it even more holding power. It's kind of a an afterthought with a lot of guys when they're tying on a plastic. They don't realize what it takes to kind of hold that plastic on there. Aaron's kind of opened up our you know eyes as to you know how that just that one little piece that keeper can keep plastics on your hook a lot better you you don't go through as many what uh just we briefly touched on it and one thing i want to go back to is this uh uh line of the g finesse hooks that you have you have a a nano coating on there mm-hmm. what does that coating do as opposed to the the regular black or the nickel uh coating the slick coating, um, it's similar to Teflon. It's kind of a proprietary coating that we, you know, we have and we developed in Japan. Allows for amazing penetration. You know, a lot of guys nowadays, they're casting further. Equipment can cast a lure further. They can get out there 100 feet on a normal cast. When you get on the end of a long cast like that, you've got to have a hook that can penetrate the fish's mouth. All right. And so and- that coating does it. Let me uh, get back with uh, John Berge here. John, uh, this is just an example of the type of technical information that you can supply the fishermen. And we've just talked about the tip of the iceberg when it comes to applications on how to use gamakatsu hooks. These guys are uh, uh, really well-tutored and have a lot of practical experience on using a lot of the styles that gamakatsu makes. Tell me, currently... Have you ever keep track or do you have a handle on how many style hooks there are in the Gamakatsu line right now? Oh, excuse me. I would have to guess over 2,600. I mean, not just styles, but styles and sizes, probably over 2,600 different styles. And I don't have a actual number, but it's north of that for sure. Wow. You know, and again, I've got to... Uh, uh, give uh, kudos to uh, the sales. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who. What you call Shingo here? He is the national manager because he is the guy that crunches the numbers yes. to make sure that there are enough hooks available all throughout. You know the United States, and you not only sell the United States, you also sell Canada. Do you not? No, we do not. Okay. No, that's distributed by another uh, agency in Canada. So. But you have to come up with what the usage is going to be here in the United States from all style hooks, from all dealers that are selling it, from all manufacturers that are making lures that feature gamakatsu hooks. And then you have to know that information uh, 12 to 18 months ahead of time to make sure that you have enough product to sell people. And then if you have like what's happened out on the West Coast where you have the most fantastic tuna run and uh, and memorable history that there's enough product out there when it wasn't even forecast 18 months ago. That's exactly right. And that does happen. There are areas, a certain hook or certain style of fishing will take off and it's, it's very hard to recover. 
I mean, we can't just call up Japan and say, hey, we need another 10,000 packages of these. So we can say that, but it'll probably be some time before we can uh, actually have them here at our warehouse in, in Tacoma. Wow. Well, John, tell us uh, 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 just a little bit about 2017 is right around the corner. Uh, are there any new products that Gamakatsu is going to be coming out with in 2017? We are working on quite a few new products right now. And uh, one of the things that we know before we even begin production is it's going to be perfect. To you know, We look at it, we scrutinize it, we try to uh, figure out the different uses that it's going to be used for and any of the drawbacks that might be in the design of the hook, it, you would think it'd be pretty simple, just bending a piece of wire, sharpen it, and throw it in a package, but it's a lot more than that. There's a lot more commitment uh, to making it perfect, so it will work, and, and failures will be very, very minimal, if at all. Talking about perfect, the amount of time and effort that goes into packaging the Gamakatsu product is incredible. That that uh, uh, product is packaged about as well as any product uh, I know I deal with in the market. Uh, it is something, and not only that, the packaging is reusable. True, true, very true. And it is, it is. Uh, you know, we are packaged in another part of the, you know, our hooks are manufactured in Japan, but they're sent to other countries to be packaged because it's very labor intensive, takes time, and uh, still be able to bring a product that's sellable and at a, fair uh, price to the U.S. customer. It takes a lot of time and coordination. All right. Well, John, in the short time that we have left, fishermen unfortunately can't find all Gamakatsu products at their dealers or, or anywhere like that. But you have a number where they can call to get a hold of people like Jeff and Joe for their technical knowledge and find out more about hooks for a particular application. Number one, how do people get a hold of Jeff and Joe and even yourself? Because I know you pick up the phone, too, and go over the applications. And then where can they go to, to find, you know, the, the biggest selection of, of information on Kamikaze products uh, if they're looking for a particular need? You can just go to our website at www.gamakatsu.com. And you can connect on there. There's an online catalog that you can go through and uh, peruse through it, look at it and see if there's anything there. We're always open to uh, any kind of suggestions that people might have. And you can always call us here at our office in Tacoma at 253-922-8373. And anybody that's here, though, generally there'll be any of the uh, information calls like that will be sent to the sales office and Joe... Jeff or myself are more than happy to pick it up and visit with whoever is on the line about any future products or any issues that might be uh, had. Or if they're looking for a particular hook, we can send them to a dealer in their area. All right. I know that uh, we're coming close to the consumer trade show time again. It seems like it's around the corner. Gamagasu spends a lot of time and energy sending you guys to trade shows so you can do exactly the thing that we're talking about. You're there, yes, to sell hooks, but you're not selling hooks necessarily out of your booth at all. You're there in customer support. So I think the thing is, is if you can't get a hold of Gamagasu by phone, wait for a trade show in your part of the world. Because, John, 
How many trade shows do you guys do in the United States, you think, in a year? <laughs> I have no idea. I've never really counted them all, but there's we attend ma- most of the major shows. So you know there's a bunch of them, and you have the fellows like Joe and Jeff and yourself that are there in the booth that are really to answer any questions. A lot of times you'll even have samples for the fishermen to see that they ask you the question. If you don't have the answer, then you know where to go to get the answer. Exactly, and we love to hear your fish stories about uh, the success that you've had with our products. All right. Hey, guys, I want to thank you very much for letting me intrude on your day because I know you're you're busy over here, but I appreciate you spending the time to be with us to inform our audience a little bit more about the Kamikaze product, uh, some of the features, advantages, and benefits of it, and uh, I know we'll have a chance to talk to you in the not-too-distant future again. Okay. Thank right. you. Yeah, hey, thank guys, you, Jeff and Joe, Our thanks pleasure. a lot for being with us. Our pleasure, thank John. You. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, you take care, everyone. Hey, this is Rod and Real Radio on AM540. Stay tuned. There's still lots more show to come. We'll be back after these messages. Amber Marine has been servicing boats and outboard motors for more than 30 years in the Newport Harbor area. They're a factory-authorized dealer for Tohatsu and Nissan outboards and also provide factory-authorized repair and service for all types of marine outboards. Located near the corner of 17th and Placentia Avenue, Amber Marine is at 786 Newton Way in Costa Mesa. Affordable boating and repair since 1982. 949-646-6918 and on the web at ambermarine.net. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey, everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. 
There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Hey, Bass Fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program. It is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call one 800 227 7262 or just spell bass boat 1-800 bass boat i know there's too many letters but the t is free and the calls on me that's 1-800 bass boat the choice of the pros for bass boat insurance for more information log on to 1-800 bassboat.com if the fish are biting i'm on my boat rain or shine of course i wear my life jacket it's like wearing a seatbelt clip it on grab my tackle box and hit the water Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, uh, with us now is Ryan Leonis. He is a manager of Sportsman Seafood Processing. You know, Ryan, it seems like, you know, Sportsman Seafood has been around for a long time, both the restaurant and the processor. And there was a chance, though, that that wasn't going to be happening in the future. Tell us and update us on What's happening with uh, Sportsman Seafood there in Mission Bay? There yeah, we can hear. Yeah, Ryan. Again, there, that, there's Lucy. another great introduction that just went down the porcelain repose. <laughs> hey, what can I say? So, Sorry about that, guys. No, I heard everything you said. I just, my Bluetooth here wasn't working for a minute. Uh, without, without, no, as you know, we've, we've, uh, we've been in existence since 1952. Obviously, the processing wasn't even a, a thought of thing back then. Uh, Sportsman used to be a cannery back in the days, way before my time. And um, so it, it's definitely seen its, its share of fish going in and out the doors there between uh, the canning and, and the smoking and everything else. But processing started, uh, I want to say, probably about 22, 23 years ago when when uh, Mario kind of first came on the scene, and uh, as we spoke about before, there was uh, a few other guys between Anthony Seafoods and uh, Mike Burns, who neither one of them are there anymore, but we obviously have three processors now, and uh, that's what I was getting to earlier when I was talking to Stan, is that, you know, our building is 60-plus years old, and it, it definitely needs renovation in certain areas, but, you know, people also like the feel. Of, of what we have there that kind of brings a lot of the older generation back to their younger days when they come into our establishment. But thank God we've finally been approved, uh, barring a lot of permits and stuff that are going to take some time. But we're going to now go up two stories high, make a lot of reservations, uh, renovations, I'm sorry, on the interior and exterior of the building. Uh, but most importantly, the main focus that, that I'm going to participate in is our dock that we're going to be having, uh, it's going to be a horseshoe-shaped dock versus a T-shape that we have now. Um, it's just going to open up a lot of different areas for not only sport fishing, but recreational stuff, jet skis, boat rentals, 
stuff like that, and as well as going two stories high to uh, cater to the existing hotels that we have around us right now, which are a big influence in our business overall uh, with the Dana, the Bahia, and the Hyatt, which is right next to us. So uh, that's about it. I, that was the good news I had for Stan earlier, and he came to pick up his fish today, and he seemed happy. I was happy to see him, and here we are now on the radio. Oh, he was, he's very happy, happy, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Wendy, what? Yeah, Wendy, and go I'm ahead. Happy. I'm always happy when I go pick up my fish from Ryan. <laughs> Thank you, Wendy. I'm always happy to see you when I do. I didn't even hear you there for a second. Now you're on the radio. <laughs> you know, one of the cool things about about sportsmen is they've got this, the biggest smoker in San Diego, and, and they were where everybody else would bring their fish to get it done in the first place. Uh, and, and while we were sitting there, because I, I picked up my fish this morning from Ryan, um, went down there and spent a little time, and uh, and as we walked by the smoker, there just happened to be a, a piece of yellowtail in there so, or, or tuna in there, so I ended up having to, to sit there and pick at that while we chatted for quite a while, and by the time I was done, it was done too. Um, <laughs> excellent, excellent processing and excellent smoked fish. Uh, but in, the fact that you guys have been there for kind of were, were really kind of one of the first, um, and have stayed the the flow there, and and you're very very reasonable in pricing, and you'll do the smaller fish that other people will not do, which that in itself is worth it a lot to the fishermen that are out there. You know, you can go out and then you come back, and if somebody can't cut them for you, especially when you're depending on that, you're out of state. It happened. Uh, uh, on one of my uh, charters earlier this year, um, it made a huge difference when we could say, you know what, we can get this done. Don't worry about it. Wow. Uh, yeah, to, to me, I don't want to judge people by the size of fish they bring to me. Um, obviously, I've said this in the past, if, if it's the first fish you caught, I don't care what size it is. You want it. You want to yep. keep it, whether you keep it whole or, or filleted. Uh, it does become a problem when you have a cooler brought to you at 125 yellowtails that average a pound and a half each. I mean, you (laughs) kind of have to tell those guys, sorry, I wish you would have never taken that out of the water. But, you know, you take the good with the bad. Thank God we're we're coming up here into cow season, we call it. Um, The larger yellowfin, the red rooster. Matter of fact, I think they leave tomorrow morning. They're doing uh, back-to-back Port of Arata trips. And they're staying down there, so they're both flyback trips. I actually have a, a loyal customer. I don't know if you guys are aware of Bob Mitchner. He's about yeah. 190 years old, and yeah. he spends about 400 days of the year on the ocean. God bless that man. He's a great man. But, yeah, he's doing both of those trips out there to Port of Arta. So I know the anglers are really excited to start catching the big fish. We've, we've seen a huge increase over the last three weeks in Wahoo. Um as far Massive. as numbers, and, and they're all great size, too. And, and I know most fishermen just love to catch the wahoo. And to to see as many that have come in in the past 20 days or so is, is a number I haven't seen in probably the, the 12 years I've been doing this. Wow. You know, uh, Ryan, another thing that I like is we're getting closer and closer to the rockfish season. And I know a lot of the guys, they go on out there, they'll catch some Quality cow cods, some great vermilion, uh, some fantastic ling cods. Take them mm-hmm. home. They'll, they'll fillet them. They'll, they'll throw them in a Ziploc bag, uh, get back to them six months later. And, man, that fish isn't anything 
like what they had when they put it in the bag. But if they can bring them on over to you. You can treat them right so that when they want to eat that fish come February or March, it's going to be just as good as the day that they brought it into you. Oh, most definitely. We use a three mil bag, which is our standard thickness uh, for the vacuum seal bags that we carry. Uh, I've honestly, through experience and, and word of mouth, I mean, feedback I'm getting from my customers, these bags are going to last you a minimum of a year and a half in your freezer with proper handling. Uh, I mean, if you start throwing it around, it's like anything else. You throw two rocks together, one of them's going to chip. So um, I'd say a year and a half to, to be fair as far as the longevity of the bags and, and everything else. And, you know, rockfish and stuff like that will probably handle better because they're a smaller piece that's actually put into that bag. It's usually more flat to where... As I was saying, we have the bigger yellowfin that are going to start coming in, and you'll have a tendency of breaking more bags with those just because of the size of the piece yep. that's being put into the bag. Uh, I look forward to this rock fishing season because that's some of my favorite fish to eat. Matter of fact, I'm getting ready to make uh, some grouper this evening when I'm done here off of a 119-pounder that came in off of the XL uh, yesterday morning. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to trying that out. You know, one of the things I like about Sportsman Seafood, also the restaurant part, there's other places that you can go uh, around, uh, you know, any of the bays, and you get a sandwich and a couple of drinks, and it runs you about 40 bucks. You can go over to Sportsman Seafood, have a great meal, whether it's sandwiches or your favorite uh, fried fish and a drink, and you don't have to bring it to Clam chowder. Clam chowder. You don't have to pay it. Bring in the pink slip to your car in order to afford it, and you can still eat somewhere where there's a great view. Well, we've like I said, we've been over there for 65 years, give or take, and, and to be in business that long, it comes with a lot of loyal customers, even though we're in a little bit of a touristy area. You know, we've just, I really have no explanation for it. We've always kept our prices low. It's not just something that we've done of the recent, but you know, like you say, you can get fish and chips, I think, for, I should know the menu prices there, but I, I want to say around $8. Yeah. And maybe $8, $9. And you, you go to Point Loma Seafoods, and, and with all due respect to Point Loma Seafoods, they, they put out a great product, and I get it, you're paying for a view and an environment, but it's it's probably over double. And we're, we're getting this product from the same people, the same distributors, the same local fishermen. So I, I just feel you keep your prices down. The customers are going to come back. And I say this all the time. You know, if I owned a bar, I'd rather sell seven beers at $5 each than two of them at $7 each. So, you know, yep. you just keep people happy, keep your prices low. And most importantly, it's customer service and putting out a good product. And I think if you can balance all of them, it's a recipe for success for anybody. Yeah, I've got a friend that comes in from Tucson, Arizona every year, and there's two things he wants to do in San Diego. One, he wants to go to Mario's Mexican Restaurant in La Mesa, which we do. Number two, he wants to go down to Sportsman Seafood and have a cup of the clam chowder because he says he's traveled the world. It's absolutely one of the best cups of soup that you can buy anywhere. It most definitely is. I have it pretty often myself at work. <laughs> hey, Ryan. Very acceptable. If we want to find out more about your services, what you do, the hours of, of the restaurant, uh, where do we go to get that information? 
Just right online to www.sportsmanseafood.com, or you can go onto our Facebook page, which is Sportsman Seafood. It's at Sportsman Seafood as well. And um, obviously, you can call us anytime. Area code six one nine two two four three five five one. And our processing is open six days a week. Uh, we're closed on Mondays, but this time of year, we're usually there anyways because of the, the boat scheduling for the long range boats. Um, Restaurants open till 8 p.m. seven days a week. They open at 11 a.m. and serve some of the freshest fish you can find at the most reasonable price. All we right. Same before. Well, Ryan, thanks a lot for being with us. We look forward to seeing you too. Not only to bring our fish down there, but also to go and enjoy Sportsman Seafood for some great seafood. We appreciate uh, the time and and congratulations on renewing your lease and being there for. Who knows how much longer, uh, you know, we uh, we look forward to seeing you for a long, long time to come. I thank you guys very, very much for the compliments as well. And if I don't get on uh, the show before the holidays, I wish you guys all a happy holiday. Hopefully I'll be on before. But if I don't, happy holidays. Good fishing to you all. And be safe, and we'll be talking soon. But you don't right. have to worry about that. You'll be on beforehand. We're yeah. all fishing. Yeah. Hey. Thank you, Sam. And I'll be seeing you next month either way. Wendy, nice to hear your voice, girl. Nice talk to you, Ryan. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a bit set back with just what company to go with? Rod and Reel Radio urges you to try American and family-owned Land's End Charters. Land's End Charters offer their clients affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with their brand name fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a family-run business with over 50 years of experience. Go to LandsEndCharters.com to see all the current vessels and amenities available and call Cabo Greg or Jenny directly at 800-281-5778 when you're ready to get fishing. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those that are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin six-ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now.
If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod Reel Radio, and thank you for listening. Hey, a few weeks ago, we gave a shout-out and sent our prayers to a good friend of Rod Reel Radio, a pro angler that is a member of the Hall of Fame, uh, an innovator in the tackle industry, a fellow that we heard was in the hospital. We brought him on back here to Ron Real Radio to give us an idea of just exactly what happened to him, how he's feeling. He's on the road to recovery. Mr. Don Ivino. Don, welcome to the show. Thanks thanks for asking me. Uh, it's, uh, it was quite an experience for me. Uh, it's the wake-up call. God was good to me. I, I'm just glad that I was able to survive it, and I was very lucky. It was stage one cancer, and they got it in time, so I don't need no chemo or radiation. But I spent 18 days in the hospital, but it was the worst time of my life. Well, Pappy, I'm glad to hear you're here, buddy. When you get older, make sure you get get tested, especially for colon cancer. Uh, Get a colonoscopy so they can check you out. Uh, I was very lucky. Because I had, I was, I couldn't go to the bathroom for three days. I was guiding up at Arrowhead, so I called my doctor and he told me to take a fleet enema, and I did when I got home, and uh, I couldn't even move. I had, they had to call nine one one, and <clears throat> then when they checked it out, it was a massive blockage in my colon, and it was cancerous. But thank God it was stage one, and I got it in time, and they got it all. Well, I got a long way to go, a lot of rehab, and uh, very tired all the time, and um, the good Lord's willing. I'll tell you the one thing that really kept me going. Uh, my friend put, was putting a lot of stuff on Facebook, and I didn't realize I had so many friends that uh, wished uh, me prayers and good get well. It really was really helped me a lot. Well, uh, yeah, Donnie, we know you went through this... Uh... This medical scare, it, it sounds like what they did to you found the root of the problem. Tell us a little bit about what's the prognosis now for a total recovery, and and better yet, are you going to be able to get on the water again to fish? Oh, yeah. I got about a three-month rehab. I have to wear this bag for three months, and uh, i got to be real careful what I do. I sleep a lot i got to be doing physical therapy, but I can walk, and my brother's been here for a week and been feeding me and taking good care of me. He's going home tomorrow uh, or, or Tuesday. I'm going to miss him. Then uh, I'm on my own, and uh, I'm just going to have to do the best I can, and uh, at least I can drive a little bit, and I can walk a little bit. I take a lot of naps, and i got a home health uh, nurses, so... Um, I'm gonna get some physical therapy uh, probably Monday. Now, Donnie, um, Pappy, this, yeah, pa- go on. I was Stan. gonna say, Pappy, you know, I, I'm so happy that you're doing better, buddy. Um, I'm, Donnie and I go way back to the beginning of the fishing world here, but uh, he's been just one of my great friends, and I'm I'm happy to hear you're getting better. If there's a positive thing to it, Donnie, for your three month re- rehab here, it's through the worst 
bass fishing arena that that we could find. So, you know, you don't have to worry because nothing's going to happen until February or March anyhow right now. You uh, know, I, I was, um, I've done 35 years with the Bassathon with Rick Grover. Yep. I did the very first seminar with when when he started it. But I'm going to miss my first one after oh, 35 man. years. Well, I really can't go out and do anything, not for the next three months. Well, well heal up, buddy. That's the most important part. Well, Donnie, before we uh, get to some of the new products that you have coming out on the market, and I do want to do that, uh, uh, you know, there's all kinds of advertising about going out and adults after they turn a certain age, men and women, to go get themselves uh, examined, especially for colon cancer. Is this something that you had kind of put off, or is this uh, something that just uh, jumped up and bit you uh, and you were keeping a, a, a regular regiment going? Well, I didn't have any bowel movement problems. And five months, five years ago, I had a colonoscopy. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you just don't think about things like that. And uh, thank God it was a wake-up call because that could have been sitting in there, and I could have had bowel movements. I would have never known. Yeah. So uh, regularly scheduled uh, testing. When you do have that examination, the doctors will look at you. They'll probably show you the pictures of what it was that's happening to you, and then they'll probably advise, hey, this is something we need to look at. This is something we need to cut out. Or, hey, you're looking good. Come back in five years or come back in ten years or whatever it is. But make sure you get it done because it's a type of cancer that, like uh, Donnie did, it can sneak up on you. And if you let it go for any length of time, it can really do a lot of damage. That's where I was lucky because it, it, it happened so fast and they got it in time. Well, Donnie, now, okay, you, you've been off for a little bit, and I can't say it's been a vacation or anything like that, but tell us about some of the new products that you have available uh, that uh, we can go out to, to catch some of these fish, maybe in these slower times. Well, I'll tell you, I've been very fortunate to deal with Tackle Warehouse, and I'm doing a little work with uh, Pro Tackle Solutions, but Tackle Warehouse has uh, really been my god saver. They carry everything of mine. Uh, all my worms, uh, we sell them faster than she can pour them. Uh, they carry my new rods. They carry my cranks. I, I, I made the, the wiggle wart, the old-style wiggle wart. I got four colors on there now, and I got four more new ones coming. Uh, my splashes are selling like crazy. Uh, I've been very fortunate, I mean, you know, uh, to develop my business, especially with Tackle Warehouse, it was just it's just unbelievable what's happening in my business. And Donnie, now I'm coming out you... with a new splash it rod, glass composite for cranking and throwing my splash it top water baits. I uh, just got the sample here the other day. My friend opened the box for me, and I really like it. Very light. Going to be very. It's not going to be expensive. I've tried to keep the prices down on the rods because I think rods are way too expensive today. Fish don't know what you're using. <laughs> hey, Donnie, how'd you how'd you end up getting the deal for the wiggle wart, man? That was Fred Kunkel's secret weapon on Havasu. Well, let me tell you what happened. I had a bunch of old wiggle warts because I used to work for Storm. Yep. And my buddy was putting them on eBay, and I had one I got six hundred dollars for. Well, you, <laughs> mine are for sale now. <laughs> 
Well, I got to looking what guys are paying for these baits. So I went to my company, Majorcraft, who does a lot of work for me, and told them I want to make an old-style wiggle wart. Not the new ones, because no, the new ones are not the same. Nope. I had to be really careful what I called them. So I send, I send them the original wiggle warts. And I went and bought some off eBay, too, some of the hot colors, and send them off. And, and they, they made four colors right away. And some, one of my friends that makes the new tech lures back in the Table Rock area, where the wiggle wart's very famous, uh, gave me a, a shining resume on, uh, he said, it's better than the old wiggle warts. It goes through cover better. And so I'm, I was really happy about that. And once I came out with more of these new colors, it's going to be, because, uh, you know, why should people be paying $40, $50 for a bait to fish with? And my bait sell for nine ninety five. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to see there was a market there. Yeah. You know, uh, Donnie, some some people out there have only seen pictures of <laughs> wiggle warts in old faded dog-eared magazines, and they may not even know what you're talking about. Tell us about what the action is of a wiggle wart and what makes it so special. The original wiggle wart, the action was the way it runs with the water. It kind of wiggles. And when it hits something, it'll wiggle away. Uh, it's a sound chamber in it. Uh, the fish just go for it, especially in cold water. Uh, it's a great cold water bait. And back in the Midwest, Table Rock and those areas, you know, guys will pay $60 for a bait. Yeah. And uh, I was able to duplicate the bait and bring it to, to where people can afford it. Or it, are they available now, or are they uh, still in the Four process? Four colors of on Tickle Warehouse now. Great. And then I, I, I went ahead and bought five of the hot colors that people are buying. One of them is called Phantom Green, and uh, J.T. Kennedy, Kennedy Kenny turned me on to that. And I just got an email from him, and he says it's sweet. Uh, that that, that uh, Phantom Green will be on the market pretty quick. Then I made Missouri Crab and a Shad color. And phantom orange. So I'm going to have all the hot colors probably by early next year, but the green one will be out pretty quick. Now, will you be able to fish that uh, lure with the uh, new splash it rod, or, or what type of rod yeah, will you need to fish it? The splash it rod would be great for top water, for cranking, whether it's my bait or somebody else's, you know, with, uh, fat wraps or whatever. Uh, I, I knew there was a market for a good crank rod, glass composite. At a good price, and because what my other rods were selling so good, uh, my rep uh, Eric Brewer turned me on, gave me the idea, and I'm glad I did it because first of all, the Splash is the number one popper in the country right now, have been forever. So just to name a rod is Splash it rod. That's you know that's an automatic sell, and then to be able to crank with it and fish other topwater baits too. It's not just for the Splash it. I just wanted to call this Flash It Rod. You know, it's a cool thing that you're working with Eric Brewer, too. He's a great guy, been around a long time, and a good fisherman himself. So that that will help. That helps yeah, things going forward. Yeah, he's a rep for uh, Major Craft, and he does a great job. And uh, I work with him a lot. I haven't been talking to him lately. I haven't really talked to anybody. I've been just trying to take care of myself. Well, Donnie, that's idea. why... I, that's why I appreciate you spending some time with us because I know you can't be running on all eight yet. 
a lot of us out there. About were, four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you can still get a lot of power out of four cylinders in some of these cars that they have today. So when you're back on all eight, you're going to be a force to reckon with. But there were so many of us that were worried about you, not only, first of all, hearing that you were in the hospital, but then hearing that you had an extended stay over there. I can't tell you how relieved it is to, number one, hear from you, hear how good you sound and how optimistic you are for the future. Well, you know, God has been good. And like I said, I, I had so many prayers and, and people wishing me well on Facebook. It, it really got to me. I mean, you know, you got to think about when you have 489 guys wishing you uh, well and prayers, that's a lot of prayers. Yep. Yeah. And that's just scratching the uh, the top of the iceberg on all the people that know you and love you out there, Donnie. Donnie, uh, you know, it's impossible to to talk about all the products that you have right now and you represent. If we want a better idea of colors and the and the products of the uh, splashets, the colors that you have, where's the best place to go to get that information? Tackle Warehouse. You, you go to Tackle Warehouse and pull, pull up Don Ivino products, and it's all there. Everything I make, they carry. All right. And tell me, the one most popular worm that you're making right now, what, what's the color, Donnie? There's two of them, liver and smallmouth killer. Wow. Well, Donnie Ivino, man, I can't appreciate you taking some time in your Sunday to talk to our listening audience and to confirm with us that you're on the road to recovery, you're going to be feeling better, even though we won't be seeing you at this year's Bassathon, we look forward to seeing you out there, maybe during the Fred Hall shows or before that. Godspeed, take care of yourself, and get well, and we look forward to seeing you out there soon. Yeah, I want to, I want to thank everybody that sent the prayers. I really appreciate it. It made me feel good. Thank you. Well, everyone, that's it for tonight. I hope you enjoyed our visits with Gamakatsu and Anglers in in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. You've got to check these places out. Give Gamakatsu a call anytime you have a hook question. And make sure you check out Billy Chapman at Angler's Inn and schedule a trip down to Angler's Inn, Mexico, or if you're even more adventurous, Angler's Inn in the Amazon. I tell you, it's a turnkey operation, and they will give you a trip of a lifetime over there. So on behalf of everyone tonight, that's it. So Jorge, thank you so much for uh, being with us in the AM540 studios. Ben, thank you again for editing the show tonight, doing a great job on that. And as always, we want to thank Big Tuna Bill and Eddie McEwen for leaving us this legacy, which is Rod and Real Radio. And so until next Sunday night, when we'll be live with you again, good night for now. Go out and get fishing, because they're getting away. Folks won't find us now because Mr. Satch and Mr. Cross, we gone fishing instead of just a wishing oh yeah